Hello, and welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast. This is episode number 50, the big 50. How exciting is that for me and for you, my listeners? The title of this podcast is Feeling Dreamlike. So appreciative that you're here listening for my 50th episode of Wide Open Spaces with Elise. You can find this podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere you love picking up your earbuds, putting them in, and listening to your podcasts. Or maybe when you're driving home from work, listening to this podcast. I actually called a friend up yesterday, and as I called her, she said she was listening to my last podcast, episode 49 which was called Whiplash. You can go to my website at wideopenspaceswithelise.com. I published a blog today on, on basically the same topic we're talking about, but a little bit of a different take than I'll discuss here with you today. Feeling dreamlike. What does that bring to mind to you? Feeling dreamlike. For me, it could be many different things. But today we're going to talk about how this pertains to the pandemic. And you're probably saying, feeling dreamlike and COVID-19? How do those two things relate? Well, just bear with me as I take you on a little bit of a journey to get you to that point where you can understand what feeling dreamlike in the middle of a global pandemic is. So... There's been a phenomenon over the past, I would say, maybe 10 years of all these zombie-type-like movies. You know, all of a sudden there's this virus, and if people pass away, they become these zombies. Or if you're bit by the zombie, you begin to fade and become a zombie. I mean, what's the fascination with that? But it's a true fascination, And I have to admit, I'm one of those people who watches zombie movies and The Walking Dead. It's one of the few shows that my husband and I enjoy together. And I always try to figure out, you know, over the past years, they have the spinoffs from The Walking Dead. There are other spinoffs based on that series. And I always try to figure out, what's the fascination? And I'm not quite sure I'm there yet to even understand what it is. I used to think that people liked watching it because they thought nothing like that could ever happen. And so to go into this fantasy world of what it would be like to fight and kill and fight for your survival in a zombie apocalypse. And because I am a therapist, I analyze everything I'm sure it's annoying to some people, but it's just the way my brain works, and it's not really much that I can control. I can control what I spit out of my mouth, but I can't control where my brain goes and what my thought process is. And so as my husband's probably just relaxing and watching The Walking Dead next to me, maybe we're eating a movie snack or something, I'm really analyzing what's going on in these zombie movies and these zombie TV shows. And thinking to myself, 
what it might, must be like to all of a sudden, in modern society, your world changes. You're fighting for food. You're fighting for shelter. You're fighting just to stay alive. How exhausting must that be? How mind-boggling is that? That you have to, after however many years you've been on this planet, have to learn to live differently. Basic survival skills. When I watch it, I almost imagine if I was in that place, that I would look, I would sit or stand and just stare at wherever I was and go, where am I? Am I in a dream? Is this real? Almost feeling like wake up from that dream when you're in that nightmare and you're trying to tell yourself, wake up. But they can't wake up because it's their reality. And I tried to understand what that would be like. I mean, everything evolves when you think about from the time you were born, no matter how old you are, to what your age is today. Think about how far technology has come. Think about the quality of your TVs and watching movies, your smartphones, your iPads, your smart houses. I just moved into my house recently, and it's a smart house. I mean, think about what it was like from your first memory to what things are like now. It's evolved tremendously. So to think, to go from this technology boom and age, and if you were living in this time of a zombie apocalypse, looking out and saying, what happens? Where is the earth, the people, the world that I used to know? And you might even need to like poke yourself or pinch yourself and say, is this real? Because it's very dreamlike. It's very unreal. So as I watched these shows over the years, did I ever imagine in my wildest dreams that there would be a global pandemic? Never. Well, I can't really say never. The logical academic side of me knew I mean, there was the Spanish flu in 1918. It wasn't like we've never had something like this before. But did I really ever think it would happen? I knew it could happen, but I don't know that I ever really thought it would happen in my lifetime or my children's lifetime. But then it started to happen. It was almost like I don't think we knew what hit us. Kind of like the zombie apocalypse. I mean, you heard the news and you you heard them talking about this virus. and You know, uh, wash your hands. It, it, it just slowly like was this um, car. Have you ever seen those cars on an incline, these trains that are on the side of a mountain? And they slowly go up the mountain. That's how it felt. It was like, okay... There's this thing out there, we should kind of, it's not in the United States, it's, it's not in Europe, it's in Asia. And before you knew it, you started to hear that there were cases at a nursing home and then other parts of the world besides Asia. And 
you could start it to feel things were slipping away. You were going up this hill that wasn't stopping. It kept going and the information overload. I mean, when I think about a year and a half ago, the information they were putting out to the information we're hearing today, it's, it's overwhelming how much it's changed, how much we've changed, and how much things still are so very the same. So have you ever during this time, and I would say it, if you ever felt the way I'm about to talk about, it probably started when things started to lock down and quarantine. And if you needed to go somewhere, you had to quarantine for 14 days. Some of us were alone because you don't live with someone. So literally for 14 days, it was you yourself and nobody else. Maybe you FaceTimed people or Zoomed groups, but you weren't in physical contact with people. And this starts to change a person. It gives you new perspective on life. It really makes you, if you've took the time, because of the isolation, think or withdraw. It could go either way. A lot of it depends on who you are. A lot of it would depend on if you had some health issues or mental health issues before this started. Or you might have started to see some signs of mental health issue as this process began in the world. Now, during this time, as it's progressed, you know, from don't wear masks to wear masks to six feet social distancing, don't go inside. Now you can sit outside without a mask on. Now you can go inside. Now you can't go inside again. Now things are closing down again. You can go to school, but then schools got closed down. And now you must wear a mask or go to virtual school where you're completely isolated from friends your own age. And then it went to the vaccine. The vaccine is coming out. It's warp speed, which freaked a lot of people out hearing that warp speed. What does that mean? Did you cut corners? What'd you do? What'd you get there to do warp speed? And then it comes out and they've had test groups and people start to get it. And we start to see people building immunity. People starting more and more. It was so difficult to get a vaccine in the beginning. It was like being on the computer daily if you had someone who was older in their 60s and 70s who really needed to get it. I did that for my parents, constantly calling and calling to get them an appointment because they were that most at-risk population. And then you start hearing about these variants, and then you start hearing people don't want to get vaccinated, which we've all heard in the past of people not wanting to get their children different vaccines. It's nothing we haven't heard before, but because they use that warp speed, it freaks people out, and I totally get it. 
For me, I personally was more freaked out about getting COVID than the vaccine, so there went my choice to get vaccinated. Then you started hearing about this long hauler syndrome. I mean, that really scares the crap out of you. That even once you've had COVID, you could have all these different side effects. So all this starts to build up. I mean, were you in your head as I was talking about it, remembering, almost feeling it because it wasn't that long ago? The nerves, the uncertainty, the just being scared and anxious. We went through a lot. And in that time, going through those things, not all of you, but some of you might have felt dreamlike. There's terms called derealization and depersonalization. It's a form of disassociation. Now, when you hear of a dissociative disorder, that's an extreme mental health disorder. It can be from schizophrenia or multiple personality disorders. But scientists are seeing something. They're seeing less versions of these extreme psychiatric illnesses. Disassociating, but not to the point of being out of touch with reality. A depersonalization and a derealization, subsets of that. Let me tell you what I mean by that. During all this time when things started to get really overwhelming, remember how I talked about The Walking Dead and trying to place myself in those people's shoes and them looking out onto the world and going, is this real? Am I in a dream? What's going on here? That's what I'm referring to. Did you have those moments sometime in the past year and a half, or maybe just not moments, episodes, where you felt detached, not a part of the world because the world as you knew it is not the same. The comforts, the things you counted on are not the same. Did you ever just sit there and go, is this real? Did you feel almost dreamlike where kind of fuzzy and hazy at times? Just maybe just sitting there and almost staring into space, not really in touch with what was going on around you. I think a lot of you have, if you really think about it. I mean, you could have been somebody who went to the office all the time. And think about that for a minute. You have to get ready, be presentable for work. You get in your car, maybe get a coffee, put some music on or news radio or a podcast, and you drive to work. Traffic, no traffic. You pull into the parking lot of whatever job you have. You sit there for a minute. You take a big sigh and prepare yourself for the day. You go in, say you sit at a desk, and all this activity is always going on around you because you're in a work environment. And then it's lunchtime and people go to lunch and they socialize. And then they come back and 
They finish up their work for the day, say goodbye, and get back in their car and put on whatever helps them detach from their work day and drive home and come home to family, your animal, your pets, shower, you have some dinner, maybe you sit in front of the TV or you read a good book and you crawl into your bed and it feels comfy and cozy and you slowly close your eyes. Busy day, right? A lot going on, right? But then you have a pandemic where a lot isn't going on other than at the hospitals where they're trying to save lives and they don't even know what planet they're on. Things don't look like they looked before. You're not in the environments that you were before. It's a lack of stimulation. And did you ever question, what is going on? Is this real? Did you feel hazy? That's that derealization. It's very normal to feel derealization or depersonalization, not feeling that personal connection with your environment and people and yourself. And scientists and therapists and doctors are seeing an explosion of it. Now, you know you hear of PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome. They have now post-traumatic COVID syndrome. Think about that. Post-traumatic COVID syndrome. And so they're starting to see things they never saw, these professionals. And trying to figure out, how can I help? How can I help this new phenomenon of mental health issues that really you only saw in extremes in people who have had mental health issues the majority of their lives? These things are caused by depression and anxiety and stress and post-traumatic situations that you may have had in your life. And so since COVID hit, have we been stressed? Hell yes. Have we been anxious? Hell yes. Have we been depressed? Absolutely. And so they're starting to see this depersonalization, this derealization, this social anxiety because you aren't interacting with people as much. And so it's very interesting and the studies have only just begun and I look forward to seeing where this goes and, and how it affects people in the long term. Does it become a chronic issue or as things start to change and God willing in the future, the pandemic and herd immunity starts to happen and we can get back to normal and we won't see these things as much or will they stay with us? And that's the unanswered question that we'll never know is if it will. And the reason why I thought about this, this disassociative feeling is because we all had a great summer. 
we all started to feel free again. I talked about that in Whiplash in episode 49. If you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. And the freedom. People went on trips that they didn't do last year. And seeing people and hugging people. And now this friggin' virus is taking hold again. It's overwhelming states and the hospitals and doctors and nurses and all the frontline workers. And here we are as the average person living anywhere in this world going, what is happening? It's too much for our brains to absorb. This crazy thing we all talked about, I told, talked about the timeline of the pandemic and where we, where we ended and now this freedom and now the freedom's being taken away again. I mean, how does your brain absorb it? Is this our new reality? Is this like that technology that we talked about evolving from the time you were born till now? Is this the new reality? I mean, I hope, hope it's not. And it's scary because it's all unknown. And is it real? I mean, do you look at your world and go, I know I'm here and I know I'm with my friends and I know I'm with my family, but I feel a little out of touch. I feel less connected. I know a lot of you do. Or maybe you really haven't thought about it. But you think back to times where you were sitting at your desk now in your home, not in the work environment, and you start to stare off into space. You're not really thinking about anything. You're just detached. You're sitting there because all the hubbub that was happening at the building, the office, the desk you sat at is no longer there. And so you feel out of touch. You're working, but you're not working the way you used to work. And you're isolative because all you're doing is Zooming coworkers and Zooming meetings. Do you ever find yourself just kind of staring into space? I know I do when I'm outside. When I'm sitting in the car observing people, I kind of go to this foggy kind of place. I'm there, but I'm not there. This is what this pandemic has started to do. Changing our thought process. Changing the way we feel in our existence. Now, none of us want to feel out of touch. None of us want to feel depersonalized from people and not to feel like Things are real, like it's just not the world I know. So what do you do? I mean, let's face it. If you've done everything you can and still do that they tell you to do regarding this pandemic, you're watching and hearing, but you know you're safe, you're good. What do you do to feel in touch, though, with the world, even though it's vastly changing and scary? There's a common technique, and I talked about it probably about a year ago on my podcast, called grounding. And when I talked about it in the past, I gave pretty basic ways to help you ground yourself. And it was more about, 
if you're feeling stressed and anxious and your heart's beating a little bit, just to kind of bring it back to reality really quick. But if you're feeling this depersonalization or derealization, you really want to really get in touch with your surroundings and the people or, or not people around you. But just really being in touch, even if you are lonely, to be in touch, even if you're working at home, to be in touch. So I'm going to talk a little bit about grounding again as a coping skill. But I'm going to go a little deeper or more extreme with this type of grounding than what I've discussed in the past. Because when you're feeling out of touch or like it's dreamlike, is it real? You really need to shock your senses, to really stimulate your senses, to tell your brain what's real, to bring you back to reality out of that daydream, that dreamlike state. And in grounding, it entails your senses. Because that's how we perceive the world. And when we're not doing all the hubbub and things we used to do, our senses aren't stimulated the way they used to be. For some of you, when you do go out, you may feel overstimulated because you're not used to being in crowds. You may become anxious when you never were anxious before. This is all this phenomenon around the pandemic. Some of you might be listening to me and going, I don't know what she's talking about. And great, I'm happy if that's what you perceive from this podcast. But some of you are going to say, yeah, I felt a little weird one day. Or sometimes I feel like when I'm driving in the car, like not so in touch with what's going on because... There's all these, now I pick up my food at a drive-up thing and order this and I don't go sit and socialize the same way. And sometimes you'll think about where I didn't feel so in touch with things. So here's how you can conquer that, how you can control that with grounding. So I'm going to give you some examples of how we can ground ourselves. Now, you're all individuals, and you're all going to have to take what I say and adapt it to what you think will work best for you. I'm just going to talk about things that come to mind to me. So let's start with taste. Pick up an icicle, a very soured, flavored fruit icicle, and put it in your mouth. You get that jolt of, like that twinge of, woof, this is sour. And God, this is cold. It hurts my teeth. It's reality. It's getting your senses to move and flow with the taste and the coldness. It's waking up that sense of taste. It's bringing you to the here and now, that cold, that sour. Yes, it's as simple as that. Put a sweet tart in your mouth. That'll shock you. Anything that may be bitter to you. 
Put that in your mouth. Give it a shock. When you know you want to work, get out of that slumpy, dreamlike state. Now, the sense of touch. This could go many directions. However you choose, put an ice cube in your hand. Put some hot water on and put your hands in the hot water, not too hot to burn you. Heat up a heat pack. Put your hand on it. When you have those ice cubes in your hand, it's cold. It's dripping water. It almost hurts. It's waking up your sense of touch. It's sending the message to the brain, be here and now. Even though you have that lack of stimulation in your world that you didn't used to have, bring you to the here and now through the sense of touch. Now, for the sense you're hearing, the sound, there's many ways you can do this. For me, the easiest way is I put my earbuds in and I go on one of those meditation apps and I do the sound bowl experience where they constantly are playing gongs and the sound bowls and it's, it's overflowing you. It's bringing my sense of sound alive. It's bringing noise into a quiet world. It's grounding me. It's making me focus, really focus on what's going on around me. Your sense of smell. I mean, that could be anything. Put anything in front of your face that you know will have a strong, strong smell. An egg. Cook some broccoli in the microwave. All these different smells wake the senses up. They ground you. And finally, your sense of sight. I think in that dreamlike state, the sense of sight is the thing that we get the most lost in. We stare. We don't necessarily focus on anything. There may be pictures in front of you, but you're not really focusing. You're just staring, not thinking about much, feeling dreamlike and not in touch. So how do you change that? Well, first walk out of your environment. Consciously walk out. Maybe go outside. And really look at your environment. This is you tapping into this coping skill. You just can't walk outside and go, okay, I'm grounded. Because you'll fall back into that dreamlike state very easily. That depersonalization, that derealization. You want to be in the real, in the here and now. So go outside and look. But really look. What do you see in the sky? You see clouds, but look at the shape of the clouds. Look at the colors of the sky. And then look down and look around. What is all around you? 
and name the things you see around you. Be in touch with your environment. And as you start to stimulate your sense of sight, you'll slowly notice yourself hearing what's going around. Feeling the breeze on your skin or the heat on your skin or the coolness because it's about to rain and the cool breeze that's coming. You'll start to feel yourself perk up. You're grounding yourself. We all want to be in touch with reality. And it's very hard today in COVID-19. Even the frontline workers, their only reality is to save lives. They're not even in touch with what's going on in the rest of the world, right outside the hospital. They eat, they run back in. In their own way, they're out of touch with what's going on in the outside world because their focus is just to save lives and their, their ICUs are crowded and they're trying to make space for people and this is their world. And if you are one of these frontline workers, you need to take the time to ground yourself. Even if you only have a 20-minute lunch, eat, but at the same time, really get out of that space and stimulate your sense of smell and taste and touch and sight and sound. Ground yourself so that you can feel more like you when you go back to tackle what you need to tackle. And that's for any of us in life, mothers, college students, people who work in, in warehouses and busy places, but that's all you're focusing on. And then when you leave your work, you just go out into this pandemic world. You need to ground yourself. You need to feel in touch. Being in touch is what makes life so beautiful. Even during this unreal time, life can still be beautiful and colorful and tasteful and smell great and look great and sound great. But it takes effort and it takes time. If you are someone who is feeling really out of touch with reality, and no matter how hard you ground yourself or try to be in touch, you feel like reality is slipping away, please get professional help before it becomes so out of control. Please, if you are listening to me and you are feeling like that, reach out for help. And if you're on the other spectrum where you're just kind of feeling this What's happening to my world and I'm out of touch? Ground yourself. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It's normal, according to the scientists. This is the data they are seeing. Just like doctors are seeing these long hauler syndromes, these things that they've never seen before from a virus, these disabilities and these illnesses that people are still carrying with them. This, that's an outcome of a pandemic. And so is derealization and depersonalization because the world doesn't look like what we know. Because it didn't gradually change like we talked again about that technology from when you were young. It gradually changed. This was like a bomb. 
and it went off and we all learned how to learn how to cope and we're all still learning how to cope. So don't deny yourself when you're starting to feel a little off. Stop for a minute and say, why am I feeling off? What is going on with me? You are your biggest fan. You are the one and the only one who can really identify what's going on with you. And you are the only one who has the power to change it. So think positive. Take the time. Step out and enjoy things and notice things more. Go out there and explore all the wide open spaces in your world. This will help you with grounding. That's what wide open spaces with Elise came from. This pandemic in the beginning and realizing that in the quiet of being isolative and being on these lockdowns that there were a lot, there's a lot of space in ourselves that we can fill with new and exciting things, even during difficult times. Tap into your wide open spaces. Find out how you can fill it with something new and exciting and satisfying to you. Remember, positive thoughts always create positive energy. If anything, I'd like you to get out of this podcast is that if you think positive, in turn, positive energy will happen. I am so excited that I reached my episode number 50. It's a big milestone for me. I'm excited about this upcoming year. I even have someone working on my own theme song for the intro into this podcast. So look for that in the very, very near future. It's very exciting for me. And always take care of yourself. And when you need a little bit of a boost or help, breeze through my last 50 podcasts. I guarantee there's something in there that you can relate to if you haven't listened to it. Or maybe you need to listen to one you really enjoyed, again, to remind you of how to take care of yourself. So until next week, my friends, ciao. Check me out on podcasts, anywhere you love to listen to, Podbean, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon. Check me out. Listen to me in the car. Put your earbuds in. Whatever works for you. And hopefully, you will gain something out of it. So until next week, ciao. And now enjoy the sounds of the birds when I was in Arizona, my own personal recording of them.